1: We are the boys in white and blue, and we're back with another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Muscular Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall.
0: And I'm Zachariah Meisenheimer.
1: And the post-season podcasts start here. Oh, how we are looking forward to this. We've got so many things planned for the the coming weeks and months, as I kind of alluded to in last week's show. And obviously, we've got a World Cup to cover this off-season as well. Although, if you're involved in that, Zach, it's going to be getting covered from afar. We've, We've had a few people wonder if you can share any more about your trip to Qatar, and you can't do that. Well you can share stuff, but you can't do what you've just done, which I'll explain is he took his top off. And as a report came out this week, you're not allowed to take your top off if you're man in
0: Qatar. I'm wearing another top underneath. That's why when you send that to me, I was said, I wanted to say to you, like, you know, every time I've taken my top off in the stadium, I have another one underneath. i right? you know, yeah. let Eric Hasley, you know. Um but uh Which I highly recommend you do. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I know. Hopefully, in a week or two, we'll t- I'll talk. Maybe a few more details, but yeah, uh, I'm excited to for the opportunity to go and to, uh, yeah, be a part of Canada's second visit to the World Cup. And yeah,
1: I mean, I'm I'm jealous. James. on one hand, I'm not on the other because I don't think, I genuinely don't think I, I could handle the heat and stuff. I, there. I, I thought
0: of you this week because uh, my son chose to spend some of his hard-earned money uh, buying a pack of the Panini, not stickers but cards oh so when he opened them uh i forget who, he got some who was the there was a gold card i forget who it was but he got um he got uh, a a son he likes son from uh from south Korea and tottenham but um in the in the, in the deck was a guy from scotland <laughs> and then it was like the, the thing on it was like contender or something like that. oh that's
1: just a kick in the balls <laughs>
0: well, yeah, wow was, if I mean, i'd
1: got that i would have been like
0: absolutely fuming well, they made it before, obviously, before the those playoff games. Yeah. Uh, but I thought of you. I thought of you. Thank you. That
1: was nice. Talking of Panini, I can't remember if I mentioned this as a follow up to our, our big thing that we did in Panini stickers, but I found out something that really pissed me off even more than how much it's gonna to cost it to, to fill your books. The North American version of the stickers come in all these different border colours. Oh. So the European one, its there's no borders. It's just stickers and that's it. In North America, your standard stickers are coming with a white border, but there's alternates and you can get pink borders and blue borders and you can get all these different things and then there's special boxes that's got special stuff in it. And it's like if you're an anal completist like me, yeah. that would annoy me if I had a mixture of different coloured stickers yep uh, some of them there's like it's a one in two ratio some of them it's like one in ten some of them it's like one in twenty and one in a hundred so some of them are a lot rarer than others and they're going already for stupid money up on ebay people that's got them some that's, are one off there's just a one off that's a certain color
0: that's ridiculous yeah um we uh i didn't say i'm show sure, yeah but my son and i are doing the digital version and having a lot of yeah. fun yeah yeah so once you open, once you open your packs, we need the codes off so yours.
1: Well, I don't know if I'll be getting packs, so that's the thing. Because I think I'm just going to end oh. up buying a complete set that won't be.
0: But don't you have some in packs it? inside your initial and inside your initial? Oh, I
1: I do. Do you just need the code numbers? Yeah, just take a picture and send it oh, to me. Okay, I haven't opened that yet. I was going to keep it sealed for. No, no yeah, yeah, whenever for, you. For future selling purposes, because the the albums tend to go for a bit of money in the years to come, because they're harder to come by.
0: Oh, so you have a oh you have a few few copies.
1: Uh, no, I just bought the one. Oh but it's the see that's the thing, I bought the European based one, so if I open those stickers as well, I'm gonna have different looking stickers. I oh. didn't know that the stickers look different all over the world, but
0: there we go. Can can we tell everyone when we're recording this?
1: Yes, I was just a way to do that. We are recording this. <laughs> this is a World Cup tie
0: in here. Yes.
1: We're, it's Montreal Orlando. It's Canada America. <laughs> it's it's young versus old. I guess, because it's, it's Quebec versus Florida. But yeah, we are what we're recording this. It's the only time we could kind of do it because we, we want to get this show out on Sunday night because I don't know when the Whitecaps are going to announce their roster decisions. Hmm. I'm concerned it might be on Monday. They haven't confirmed when it's going to be. So I don't want us to record this and then right away it's already null and void because the Whitecaps have made their decisions. So we're recording this on Sunday evening. And it's right during Montreal Orlando, and right now, mid spiel as we were talking there, Montreal taking the lead,
0: and uh, Ishmael Kone making a uh, making his case for being included in Herman's World Cup squad.
1: Yeah, and do you know how delighted I am that Ishmael Kone has got that goal? Uh,
0: well, I, well, if you're like me, and you really don't like the Orlando City Thieves, then yeah, you're very excited.
1: Well, there's that. But I'm also excited because in part four of this episode, Over. I have got an interview with Max he- Maxwell Arhin, who is the head coach of CS San Laurent's under seventeen side. He's been the head coach of this group since the under thirteen level, and in 2019, he went to under fifteen nationals with the group, and who played for them and scored a goal on their way to winning bronze than Ishmael Kone. And we actually have a chat about him bringing Ishmael Kone through the youth ranks and how excited and what an inspiration he has been to the to this young crop of Quebec talent that's coming through. And a little spoiler ahead of the interview, but Coney ahead of their gold medal game that they had on Thanksgiving Monday, actually recorded a good luck message for the group in his Montreal shirt, which just acted again as a huge inspiration for these guys. And they're going to be watching this game and thinking, Wow, this is what we can do by playing for this club. We don't have to be coming through the the CF Montreal Academy or an MLS Academy. We can play for a club like CS Saint Laurent, get the breakthrough, and we could be playing in MLS and scoring in in playoff games.
0: Mhm, it's
1: a lovely story actually with Coney as well. And yeah, it's been a a very good year for Quebec soccer, and I'll I'll get into that a bit more in part four. In, in part three, we'll kind of round up the MLS playoffs. Part four, we'll also have a look at the CPL playoffs. But in parts one and part two, we're talking Whitecaps. And it's one of our favourite times of the year. It's our Whitecaps in, out, on the bubble section. And we've got to say, this is one of Steve's favourite shows. Unfortunately, Circumstances Out Without Control... He can't make the show and he couldn't make a recording tonight or tomorrow, but we had to get this one out. So he had hoped to send along some of his his kind of ideas and suggestions, maybe some of the ones that's a bit more out there, but he's not sent it through. If it does come through whilst we're recording, I'll, I'll go through it. But we're going to split this up. In part one, we're going to look at the goalkeepers and the defenders. And in part two, we're going to look at the midfielders and the, the forwards. Now... You can have whatever criteria you want for for this sack. I'll, I'll, t- I'll explain mine, and if yours is different, you can then kind of let us know what that might be. So my criteria this year is is solely on who I want to be wearing a white caps jersey come first kick, 2023. So mm. irrespective of contract options, stuff like that. So if someone is signed. And I don't want them here. I'll, I'll explain why and why I think there should be a trade or 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 whatever. But I, I'm going to kind of explain my rationale for some of my decisions now. Because I'm looking at a number of factors. I'm looking at performance, obviously. But I'm also looking at the potential to get better. And the potential to make this team better. Mm. So, yep. There might be a number of low-budget domestic players, homegrowns that normally you might think, oh, there's no harm keeping these guys around, but the key question for me in this regard is, can they get better and can they make this team better? Because they're, they're with the squad just now and they haven't helped this team get into the playoffs. Now... If they can fall down the depth chart and be replaced by others, but still be hanging in at the bottom end, that's fair enough. But if these are guys that you think they're not going to be happy with that, I, I feel we should cut it, cut the ties with them. So that that's my criteria for this. I, I don't know if you. I can roll with that.
0: No, yeah, yeah, I can. Uh, that's that's close enough to my perspective on things.
1: Now... From kind of looking at the roster, and I've changed this number a couple of times after my initial count, and then seeing some of the ones that's listed, I think there's thirty-two people listed on the Whitecaps MLS roster because of the various loans and and stuff like that. So we're going to do it positionally, and I'm kind of going to do it alphabetically by by surname as well as we go through. So, but we'll kick things off with the goalkeepers, and there's there's four goalkeepers to look at, and I'm going to start with Isaac Bomer. Now, for me, I've got him on the bubble. I I know he's a homegrown, and he has cheapest chips on on 65,000. He's got MLS experience now under his belt. He had three appearances this past season. All very good reasons to keep him. I, I, I wouldn't argue with that at all. I also feel he's improved considerably as a keeper from the Isaac Bomer that I saw in in 2021 playing in some games and just the last couple of years in general. He has gone into an option year though, so I guess a lot for me depends on what that option is and whether he feels he needs to be getting regular starts at a level that's maybe above WFC 2. And if if that's all good, if he's happy with that, if the option deal's good, then yep, you, you keep him around I have him as the number three. If not, I think the Whitecaps have had enough successes over the years in their academy and at bringing these young talents through that that there's a number in there and also just around Canadian soccer in general right now that could come in and and do a decent job as a second or a third keeper. So for me, I've I've got Isaac on the bubble.
0: Yeah, I I can't really disagree with that. I I think that's where he's at because it... It's a combination of what do what do, what do the what does what do the Whitecaps want to do, but also what does he want? and What's best for his development at the moment? So I, I kind of agree. I kind of had him on the bubble. Mm. Uh, I could see it going I- either way. Um, I think what would be best probably for or, uh, for him would be if his, if he gets his option taken, but then gets loaned out to like a CPL club where he's maybe I know he's done that in the past, <laughs> and it wasn't the the greatest or whatever. He didn't play that much. Um, but if there's a situation where he can either be guaranteed, uh, you know, on the loan deal to be playing more uh, or, or something like that, I think that would be the the best thing for him and probably for Vancouver.
1: Yeah, I, the the tough thing with that though is it's like you're you're looking at the level of CPL compared to MLS Next Pro, and for me, it's it's much of a, a muchness to, depending on the the other talent in the squad. The advantage that he has, though, if he stays with MLS next Pro is he can get a call-up if we mm-hmm. have an emergency, whereas you can't call him back from the CPL deal without terminating the loan. Right. So that, unfortunately, comes into it with a lot of these young guys now, so it kind of muddies the, the water because one thing I would say the Whitecaps have done very well, maybe not enough, but they have done it very well, is the call-ups of the young guys from
0: WFC too. That 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 is fair, yeah. For me, it also it, it it it's intertwined with what I think they should do with the other keepers. My, my perspective yeah. on that, but um, yeah, you're right. There's that nice ability, um, yeah, that nice ability for him to have be been brought back.
1: Actually, I, I was going to say I was doing this in alphabetical order, but I'm I, I might change this up immediately. I'm going to change my my thing. Like, oh. so let's get to Thomas Assal next. Yeah, because I mean he, he's an end. Uh, he he performed well this year. Well, he's an in for me, at least. He performed well this year, got that start after Max moved on. There was a few wobbles along the way, and then he did lose his spot through injury and then didn't get it back right away. I don't think he should be locked in as the number one. Uh, he is just going to get better and better as the years go on. But, I mean, you, you bring him back and you have a, a challenge in there for him.
0: Yeah, for me, he's definitely in. Uh, I've said it before that, you know, when they chose to um, take the significant offer they got for Maxime Kirpo and allow him to go live out his dreams. um, I'm just just applauding Ishmael crony as he gets
1: taken off there.
0: I'm with you. I, yeah. So if they allow, if they, if they, the decision they made in making him essentially the number like the number one when they when they moved Max, I think that uh, I think that he one he's in and two they're either going to continue to live that out where he is the number one and he, they grow with him because it's good for the program, it's good for you know the reputation of how they do things, it's good for the salary cap. There's all kinds of ways it's really good. Um, so they're going to continue down that road or like you said he is going to either be challenged by or supplanted by them bringing in someone who's even better.
1: Yeah. And what what I would like to see is that they don't make a commitment that he's number one very yeah. early. Yep. Because I, I just don't think that.
0: Because they, they, did, they did that basically once Cripo was gone, right?
1: Yeah. Which then makes it difficult. Yeah. So the other two keepers we're going to look about, Cody Cropper, now, I, I like what I saw from Cropper this season and I, I felt it was a bit tough for him to lose the starting spot after he got it. He is not an option year, but his salary this year was 84000 So I wouldn't think the option is going to be massively more than that. And normally I would say with his experience, it would be a bit of a no-brainer to, to keep him around to, to challenge Thomas Asao. He knows the system, he knows... He's worked with Youssef and the players and stuff like that. You also have Evan Newton. And I'm a big fan of Newton. I did the interview with him when he first came here. I, I like what he's achieved in USL over the years. But family issues meant he wasn't able to be a white cap this season. So he went on loan to El Paso Locomotive in the USL Championship. And he had a good season there. He started all 34 league games. He had eight clean sheets. And El Paso just missed out on the USL playoffs because the tiebreaker seemed to be goal difference there. If it was like MLS, they had the wins. They had the the better goals for, but they lost out on goal difference by one goal. So they missed out in the playoffs. So he's had a really good season there. And if he's able to return to Vancouver, which I don't know if he can, um, I, I would take him over Cropper, to be honest. He's, he was on a slightly higher salary, but not by much. And I would take him to challenge Asal very strongly. So, I mean, either of those guys I'd be happy to have back. At the same time, I'd also be happy with a new guy coming in, an experienced guy, to really challenge Thomas Asal.
0: So did you say, do we know if the issues that kept him Uh, out of vancouver this year will will be an issue going forward i i
1: I don't know
0: no okay um i i for me newton is out and cropper i would also say is out for me i think they i think they need to improve i think cropper is good for them salary cap wise uh and i think he honestly i think he did better than i thought he would I think he actually played above himself quite a bit in in the 2022 season. Uh, I'm really happy for him. I, I I I don't know if you mentioned this when it was happening, but I remember at some point this year I was looking at his like transfer market page or whatever, and/or Wikipedia page or something, and like um that Voyagers Cup is like the only title he's ever won in his professional. I think in his profession i could I, i'm pretty sure that's what it said oh, and wow. so, like it, it just showed how like how big it was and how how much more meaningful it, it was you know like that the achieving that um i see you're fact checking me right now so yeah let me know if i'm wrong on that but um but yeah i still think they need i don't think he's that i think like i said i think he played above himself i don't think he's as i, I think they need better whether it's someone pushing Hassel or yep. someone to supplant Hassel, so I think he's out. And for me, same the same thing with Newton. I think they they need to do they need to do better. And so I think both those guys are moved on. And then you decide with if Bomer if you're 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 keeping him in that spot or bringing him through the next the next guy who mm. already played this year, right?
1: Yeah, Max Max Anchor. Yeah. like I mean, a, a very strong keeper as well. So it's what you want to do with those guys. What I don't want to see is Hassal, Bomer, and Anker as the three keepers. It's like that's just not, for me, the, the way to go. Because, again, it all boils down to what I kind of said at the start. We're not a playoff team. We scraped in last year. We've regressed this year by not making it. I don't want us to be a team that just makes it into the playoffs. What I'm wanting to see is the Whitecaps take that leap To be a top four team again, which has been many a year now since we have.
0: So, but Michael, do you really think they're going to make that adjustment? Like, does you change their ambition?
1: Well, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I know, I feel I've said this the last couple of seasons. It's a big season for me for the club because they've, they've, they've had some goodwill because of COVID. They've lost some goodwill because of stuff off the pitch and they haven't made the playoffs despite a good late run. And yet, some fans will just be thinking of the last three home games and have a kind of bit of a spring in the step. It's just kind of automatic when you're at the games. But the club has to take a a step forward. I guess I'm asking for a leap forward, which might be too far for them. But 12 years into MLS, we shouldn't be saying that. I want to see ambition. I want to see... And you can't say they're not ambitious because they have brought in some very good players and they have spent some money and they've done some good trades within the league. So the ambition is there.
0: They've shown some ambition. Yeah, but they, ne- they,
1: shown... need to, they need to take that next leap for me.
0: Yeah, I don't and think... Part of it amb- is amb- improving amb- the squad. I don't think they've done enough to show the ambition, the kind of ambition that you're talking about.
1: No. And that's what I yeah. want to see this off-season, which is why I think there's some tough decisions that, that do need to be made about players. And... It's it's going to sound as I go through this. that I want the squad blown up, and in a way, I guess I do because I I think they should have made more additions last off season. We won't go into all that again. We covered that fully. Our thoughts on that. We we're all on the same page with that, and they didn't. And now they've regressed. And as we said in last week's show, you look at some of the other teams that's not made the playoffs. And you can be damn sure that Portland and Seattle is going to be making those big leaps to make sure that that does not happen two years running.
0: Yeah. Well, and and Portland, or or when, not Portland, sorry, Seattle will be getting ready, hopefully, for a World Club Cup tournament. Mm. If if they
1: ever decide when that's going to be. But,
0: but, um, yeah, I think it will be a really, really bad sign if the 2023 Vancouver Whitecap goalkeeping core is made up of Hassal, Cropper, and um and Bomer like that's a that's a very bad sign. Yeah,
1: of course, it helps if you've got a solid defense in
0: front of you, you're not maybe going to be facing as many shots. So that, that does bring us on to the defenders. And Before we go to defense, can I just say that I don't agree with Kai Kamara and everything, but I, I, I don't really like the Schlegel player. And I'm excited that Tesho has come on to the game as much as I don't like his team. Hmm. Been there's been a lot of there's been a lot of tackles that I think you really appreciate in this match.
1: Yes. This has been a full full blooded affair. We'll kinda of wrap up this when we get to part three with it. But yeah, let's move on to the defence now. And I will yeah. try and keep this in, in alphabetical order. So we're gonna start off with Tristan Blackman. Now, I, I think this should be a, a no brainer. He's he's an in for me, is he an in for you?
0: Totally. Yep.
1: I mean, I have him as the defender of the year for the White Caps, and if I, it's a little bit of a, a spoiler, and I was going to start off by us doing this, and then I thought, oh, we'll maybe save it just in general for the awards, like, I have him, Ryan Gold, as the two best players of the season, in a white Caps jersey, and I know Blackman, he had a couple of wobbles in a couple of games, but I think on the whole, I feel he's a player that they should be looking to build, the defence around and get players that compliment him and see him in what is going to be his best position will that be centre back, will that be right back hopefully in a back four but I guess we'll see I just think he was a standout he was a great addition in that expansion draft trade Mm -hmm. the the Whitecaps actually using that trade as a, a great thing for once it's like they got a really good piece out of that now it was a I hit this season, salary-wise, just over 400000 But he featured in 28 matches, 23 of them were starts. I'm happy to see him either as a centre-back or, or a right-back, to be honest. I, I would, though, if he's going to be right-back or get forward, I want to see more offensive output from him, because it's very much in him. And when we interviewed him, we spoke before how he's, he used to play, as so many defenders did, as a striker, as a kid. So he's got goals, he's got assists in this league, in college soccer. In the right system, like the likes, I'm jumping ahead a little bit for another player in Julian Gressel, but Blackman and Gressel can be very key pieces, either going forward or at set pieces defensively for the
0: for the Whitecaps. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that... I think I might have said this last year in the preseason. The one thing that concerns me about him being right back is I don't think he has the pace you need to be a quality yeah. right back. I think he why... looked
1: good though when he slotted in at centre back in those last few games.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I so I would worry about. You need to be quicker to play to play wide in the in the modern modern game, especially um, unless unless you're opposite fullback has lightning quick speed yes and you can so like for example uh, I'll give you a Byron example right byron can play Benjamin Pavarda right back who's not the most fleet of foot because on the other flank they have Alfonso Davies who's just you know me, me, he's everywhere right so. yeah
1: I, I said I wasn't going to jump ahead. I already am. Because so let's get to <laughs> Julian Gressel since we're we're kind of talking about this. Because it's going to tie in with, with Blackman right. a little bit. Because for me, if they can get the deal done, you keep him here.
0: Sorry. Um, I thought it was as simple as taking his option. What am I missing? Well,
1: yeah. But it's what that option is. Because he might be on a super high option because he's on a big ticket this year of 969,781. Right.
0: So you're thinking they try and do a new deal with him?
1: That's my worry. That they'll say, yep, or they'll take his option and flip him to someone else. Now, Mm. when Gressel came here, he kind of said he'd like to make this his home, if everything is good on both sides. He already, from looking at his Twitter, seems to have flown back. Him and his dog seem to have flown back home. So he's a light addition, obviously, to the score from DC United. And strengthened the defence, I'm going to say, fantastically. Because obviously he was a a man that played in many positions under Vani yeah. Sartini in a short period of time. But this option year, I think all parties would love to keep him in Vancouver if the deal is right. Because he's got that versatility. And whether we see him as right back or right wing back, again, like for me, for Blackman those are the two guys that you decide to build the defensive core around. So you get other players that's going to complement
0: them. Yeah, he's one of the most obvious ins in the whole squad. And I mean, it would feel weird. I mean, depending on, I guess, what they got, but it would feel a little bit weird that they spent... uh, I don't think they overspent on him, but they spent a considerable amount of their funny money to get him, right?
1: Yeah, Uh, but that was funny money that was going to expire this year. So they may as well take a punt and spend it. And then... Yeah, but if th- they want to then get some of it back next year. Because if you put Gressel on the, the trade block and you're going to have a
0: lot of suitors for him. Yeah, but again, that that idea, Michael, is to me counter to your idea of greater ambition. Oh, I... Yeah, I'm, okay, okay, I'm okay. not saying, like, I so want him I'm, here. I'm, Whatever I'm his option is, your, I'm getting confused between your what you would like like to see happen and what you think they'll do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I want it. Right, I'll make this clear then. I want him here. Yeah. I don't care what his option is. I pay that money because I feel he's worth it.
0: Right, okay, yeah. That's I, I, me. I,
1: I don't know whether the front office will be thinking that way.
0: And, and I think that's the right, the right kind of move, especially if you can fit it into your... Overall structure with you know uh, Tam or Gam or whatever, yeah. like how, what like whatever. Well, that's
1: the thing. Hopefully, buy him down
0: but because you don't, you don't want him. To, yeah, you don't want him to be a designated player, right? Like no, that. No, that would seem a waste of one of those slots to me.
1: But that is also for me. He's one of those players that I think what they do with him will be a mark of how ambitious they are for 2023. So yeah. I I genuinely think they will be showing a lot of ambition this off season, and I think they will bring him back. I just have this slight worry in my mind. But, but we'll see. So let's try and get back alphabetically. Javane Brown. Now, I feel 2023, if he's here, or wherever he is, is going to actually be a, a key year for the Jamaican in terms of whether he stays as an MLS player. Because he's versatile. He's been an important player for me in the team depth and he's on less than 100,000 which is very important and he has had a mixed season and I I would certainly would not describe it as a a sophomore slump or anything like that but I, I think you've got to keep him around for squad depth and he's got a lot of experience for a guy that's just 23 years old he just needs to push on I feel and take a step forward in his progression next year and push to be a regular starter.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. He's an he's an in for me for all those all the reasons you said. Uh his cap hit, um and his qualities, his abilities. He's another person who can play center back or, or or you know in a back three or or at full back. Uh maybe not wing back so much, but full back. Um so I think I think either you, you gotta bring him back or he's back.
1: Yeah. I think another player, the I have him as an N, but I could see him as an N and then loaned out. But he he did play this past season with WFC two, Mateo Capagna. Still just eighteen, the centre got a lot of potential and he showed very well. was it? WFC2. Was his brother?
0: Was his brother on loan in CPL?
1: He, they didn't loan him; they sold him to Halifax Wanderers. Oh, so, okay. So they signed him. Enough. I don't know if I don't have sold, but he, he basically went uh and signed a contract with Halifax Wanderers. Whether they'll bring him back, because obviously there's a lot of upheaval there in, in Halifax, which we'll we'll come to, but I I'd rather keep him around the MLS next pro because I think he'll grow well there, and if they do have say a centre back emergency, they they can call him up. It would have been nice to see what he could have done at MLS at some point this year. And I think if they hadn't gone on that late run and the season was dead, maybe they would have called him up and had a little look at him in one of the, the final games or something. I, I feel the future is very bright for him. So, I mean, you, you definitely have him back in some capacity.
0: Yeah, I, they need to hang on to him and his rights in some way, shape or form. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, now, another centre-back that isn't with the team just now because he is out with Panathalikos in Greece. Derek Cornelius, now he's coming up for uh, an option as well, and as much as I think bringing him back would strengthen the Whitecaps defence, I think once a guy's gone over to Europe and played there and been doing well, he's not going to want to come back, so I mean you take his option, you, you sell him, you get the fee and then you try and hopefully spend that wisely.
0: Yeah, except for to me, it would. For I mean, from his perspective, the player's perspective. Yeah, I think you, why would you? Why would you come back? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think there would be any any reason to beyond maybe playing time, or if for some reason your salary was better in MLS, which is possible. Um, but you know, you want you want to um, you'd want to I think keep progressing in Europe. If you're the if you're the White Caps, we, we've talked about this multiple times this season, he feels like a, a piece that was missing from their their team. Uh, a left footed center back who is uh you know able to play in a back four or back three, uh can play left back, but uh you know, I wouldn't recommend it. Um uh yeah, I think I think he would. It, it would show, to me that would show a bit of ambition for them to say, yeah, we want to bring him back. We want him to. We want to build around him, mm. or we want to build around him playing with Blackman, or you know something like that.
1: Yeah, him, um, Blackman, Dressel, Already, you're looking at it's a it's a pretty good it, defense. makes a little left back in there.
0: And if only they could get you know back on the right page of Gutierrez, <laughs> then they'd have a great yeah. back. Well,
1: that's that's definitely not going to be happening. Well, unless maybe Vanny moves on, then it might, but I, st- I still don't think that's going to be happening.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Let's turn our attention into a, a full-back, Marcus Godinho. I've got him on the bubble.
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair spot for him. I think for them, he's an in because of his cost and because he's Canadian and yeah. because he can play, not, not ideally, but he can play both sides of the... Of the rear guard uh, so i think for them he's an in for me i agree with you probably could go either way i think ultimately he surprised me a little bit mm-hmm. um and that he was not great when he started out here i uh, was probably even below the level i thought he was but then put in some performances where he was you know at his best level or above his best level
1: yeah i i not seen he had a bad season at all and he made 23 appearances 12 of those were starts and he was a serviceable and uh, a capable depth player just the one assist i do like my full backs or wing backs to have more production yeah of course um obviously some of those appearances were just like a few minutes here and there so it's hard to maybe get into the game at that level he's one of those guys that i feel if the white caps are to take that next step the need to improve in the quality of such depth players.
0: Yeah. I, I Well, yeah, that, or he's replaced by um, Ahmed from, yes, you know, Ali the, Ahmed. Yeah, yeah. Ali Ahmed from, from the, the second team from the, you know, the, the youth program. I,
1: I definitely would be looking at that. Uh, I mean, I, I will be stunned if Ali Ahmed does not get a, a contract. He's one of the, the WFC two guys that I think's going to get a deal. And I think that then helps strengthen the the defence as well. And I've watched a lot of him in WFC2 this season. And he is a lot of talent. And he showed he wasn't out of place with the the minutes that he saw when he got the MLS call-ups. The thing with Godinho, as you see, he's a domestic. He's on just over 88,000. And I don't know. It's a toss-up. It could could go either way. I mean, he might be a guy as well that wants to go back to Europe and maybe just get some regular playing time. Or he might like coming home and have been settled here so we'll kind of see how that goes there's five more defenders to get through defense is a a big area here so christian gutierrez i think if it was a level playing field we'd both like to to keep guti around he's had a bust up with vanni Sartini. he's been exiled to wfc 2 there's no way he's coming back
0: Oh, I don't think if, Sart- if Sartini's back, no. But that's, to me, a waste and a, um, I mean, I, I'm not trying to any excuses for what might have, might or might not have happened. But that's a horrible waste of a, who, what was a quality player. Yeah. Florian Jungwirth.
1: He's, uh,
0: He's out. Yeah. It surely has to be.
1: Aside from anything else, his salary is just shy of 600000 for this year. Which could put off potential suitors, but um he is a free agent for twenty twenty three, so I don't know he might be prepared to take a cut price deal. Either way, I think he has to move on. I liked him when he came in, he was a breath of fresh air, he was a fun guy to have around the locker room. I didn't know how much playing time we'd see from him this season. I was expecting more than we got, and I mean they switched to that number six, which he didn't look too bad times and then looked horrible at yeah. other times. So yeah, I, I would not expect to see him in a White Caps jersey
0: again. No. He, he I mean he, he you talk about players getting older and losing a, a half a step. I think he's lost maybe like a step and a half.
1: That's uh, fair. Like he was doing he, a bit of coaching with under sixteens as well, but even even with that, I don't he's know. He's not even that old though, right? Is he thirty well, uh, two? Early thirties, I can't remember exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. He 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 can't be back next year as a player, unfortunately. Yeah. No.
1: Now, another veteran that I have on the, bu- on the bubble, and this is all dependent on what his salary is because there was a little bit of confusion as to exactly what his salary is and what it might be, and it's Luis Martins. Mm. Now, another mid-season addition. KC, by all accounts, wanted to keep him but couldn't make it fit into their, their salary cap. And he really came in at the tail end of the season and Sean, he was a standout. In the last month of the season, when he got his chance in that left back role, somewhat annoyingly, then leading to the question: Why didn't he get that chance earlier? And could that have yeah. made a difference in terms of that back four?
0: Especially when they're going through all those issues with uh, with Gutiérrez, yeah. It, it yeah, they, there was too many people played played in that in that position, whether it be fullback, which was better, or even at wing uh ahead of him, that shouldn't have, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: I I think I would prefer to see a new left back in that's uh, an improvement if we couldn't find that, but we can cut out a deal with Martins because obviously a better left back might be quite pricey as well. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've no qualms about bringing him back if we see the Martins that we saw at the end of the season, which of course is never a, a guarantee. But... He was very up and down, and I wasn't sure what we were getting. I didn't know if it was a great signing when we got him from KC, but it's hard to doubt what he brought to this team in that last month.
0: Yeah, obviously that's why you'd want him back. Uh, You know, I I think if they can make it work, it would be good for them to to bring him back. But also, uh, uh, you know, having said that, I think that they obviously could also do better.
1: Yeah, you also do need a veteran in their locker room, which there's. There's not a, a load of them around And some of them might be moving on Now, I've got Jake Norwinsky on the bubble You pulled a face
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean He's on an option year, right? Is uh, that true?
1: Yes He is Going into his option year His salary this year was 280 That's it? I thought it was more than that I thought it was more as well But it's guaranteed 280
0: Okay. Yeah, I think they'll bring him back and they'll face criticism when they take his option. But for me, for me, he'd be out. Yeah.
1: The reason I have him on the bubble, it's one of those things. If you can get an improvement, you you go with the improvement. But he has got that MLS experience. And for a guy with he's got six years now under his belt in MLS, and to get a six year veteran on that salary or roundabout that salary is not bad.
0: Yeah, but if you can't get an improvement, then you have other issues. Yeah.
1: If you if you bring him back primarily to play right back, I again I've no qualms with that. If you're looking at trying to convert him to a left sided centre back again, no.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's not even a conversation anymore, is it? It can't I hope
1: be. not. But well, we'll sit down with Vani and we'll we'll find out. I mean that's certainly one of the things. I think his demands will be fair and I think his option will get picked up. And the last defender, we've spoken about him a lot this year, and I have him on the bubble.
0: Mm, I know Ra- who it is,
1: Ranko Veselanovic. Yeah. yeah. I think as a backup, I keep him, but he's on a salary that is nine and a half thousand shy of half a million. And I don't think it? you can afford a backup on that big a salary.
0: Uh, yeah. I. You said he's on an option year, right? Uh, I don't do know. No, I
1: don't think he is actually. I think no. He's he's You're back. Doing, he's not in an I option
0: year. If you can sell him or move him on, and at least recoup what they paid for, him or maybe make a little more, I think that would be wise. Well, I, that's I, what I was
1: going to say. It's like I see him as a prime person to sell back to Europe.
0: Yeah, I, I, I uh, our our friend Simon um, Simon Fudge likes to uh, express. Uh, his concerns over Ranko as an MLS quality defender. and well,
1: he'd like the whole defense blown up. To be be fair, but I I, yeah. I think there's a couple of key pieces there that we can build around.
0: At, at first, I was kind of like, no, I thought I thought you know he, he's better than you think, Simon. But the end of the season, I think Simon was probably proved more right than I, than but, the um, original. That's the
1: thing. There's times though that he's looked fantastic, and when he's in beside an experienced guy, he's great. So I, I have no problems if he's our number three center back. Even on the salary, and I know I said I would balk at that, but if you've got a good, reliable third centre-back on that salary, you make it work. Can he be that reliable centre-back? And that is the burning question. I think we've got a big enough sample size now to say it's not guaranteed that he can be Mr. Reliable when you need him to be. Mm. But we'll see. But that's our thoughts on the goalkeepers and the defence. Let us know your thoughts as well. As I mentioned, one of the guys I would like to bring in to that defence from WFC2 is Ali Ahmed. I I think, no doubts about that at all. He's going to get a contract and I think he'll thrive um, playing the minutes that he does get next season. So I'm looking forward to that. But let us know your thoughts on the goalkeepers and defence, who you'd want to bring back, who you want to let go, who you're really not sure about either. We're going to turn our attention now to the midfielders and the forwards. And we'll be back with that after this.
2: Hi, I'm Vanni Sartini and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
1: Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM, and kicking off this part from Derry, Northern Ireland, it's that petrol emotion with their song "Big Decision," taken from the 1987 second album called "Babble." It's a single; it was their highest placing single in the UK charts as well. That was a band that was formed when the Undertones split up. Don't know if you're familiar with the Undertone, Zach. The number of hits like Teenage Kicks, you might have heard that one regularly. Big 80s band from Ireland, kind of punk mm. new wave band. Mm. Mm. So that Petro Emotion came out of them. And I, I thought, I've had that in my mind when we're getting ready for this because some big decisions for the Whitecaps to make. So I thought, there, dig that song out. And we're going to continue us being the front office people and making the big decisions for the Whitecaps with our in-out. On the bubble, as we look towards the midfielders and the forwards in this one. And we'll, I'll try and rattle through this a little bit quicker. Maybe the first one went on a, a tad too long. So I'll, I'll go through this quicker then. Caio
0: Alejandra.
1: He's on loan to Brazil just now. He's not coming back. Or is he?
0: <laughs> no, surely not.
1: Nah, I think he, he's he's happy with Fortaleza. He's he's doing well there. I feel we never got to see the real Kyle the potential was there injuries derailed that and then I think his salary hit it's over half a million it's too big a risk to keep him around you let him fly sell him to the Brazilian club if they want to keep him freeze up an international spot and importantly an under 22 initiative spot depending on what they do DP wise and stuff so yeah he he won't be back And I say this with a heavy heart, someone else I don't think will be back or should be back is Michael Baldissimo. Hmm. 22, homegrown. It's a guy I'm sure we were both rooting for as we've watched him and his brothers come through the, the academy ranks over the years. We've seen the three of them come through from an early age. We've watched them play from under 15, level up, really. It's the time for him to move on now. He's got to be a regular starter somewhere. It's not going to be here. Maybe the new CPL team in Langley is the ideal fit for him. That said, I know he's been derailed with a lot of injuries as well, but I just don't think he's quite taken the steps that's been needed to to keep him hanging around. And from best interests for club and player, you let him go at
0: this point. I think that those injury issues are going to continue to hamper him um i think i think we we ind- independently or collectively have talked to people who said they have great concerns over like the mm. long-term ability for him to be able to uh, uh, press on through the um various uh challenges that are faced by a professional footballer um, based on physical issues so it's yeah tough. i i i wonder if that those things that were said to us will come to fruition in that in that way. But I, for him, I hope he, I hope not. I hope he's able to overcome. Oh, I do as well.
1: I really like all the Baldy brothers. Oh yeah, it's like they're great guys. They're from a great family, and as I say, a heavy heart. I'd have loved him to have made the breakthrough, but you've got to move on from it now. Yeah, especially with other guys pushing coming through in WFC two in the academy as well.
0: Is, is, is his deal up though? It's up right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they can just walk away and,
1: yeah,
3: yeah,
0: it's no issue.
1: A guy I've got in the bubble, Sebastian Berhalter. and bet you really like him. This generated a lot of discussion on Twitter when yeah. I said yeah. I wouldn't bring him back. But I'm not totally sold on him. I, I've liked bits of what I've seen from him. 18 appearances this season, 11 starts. His salary is manageable, 137000 basically. basically, um, which for a serviceable MLS player is excellent. He's got three years experience under his belt as well and he's still only 21. Definite upsides there. I'd, I'd be happy to keep him as depth. Equally though, if we found a player better than him for the same cap hit or roundabout, that's one of those guys that I feel you move on for it's an option year for him, so you you improve the team by getting rid of him, making that cut. I think the caps will pick up his option. Um, maybe even just for the sake of making a trade. He's the kind of guy that I feel you pick up his option, you expose him in the expansion draft, and a team like St. Louis maybe pick him.
0: Hmm. That's interesting perspective. I agree with you that he is a a player like a couple other central midfielders that they desperately need to up, upgrade on mm-hmm. so i think that um he's either out or he's back as extreme depth or like lower down the order than he already was because they bring in some other yeah their and I'd, I'd
1: be fine with that but we've, we've yeah. got to improve that area
0: yeah or if or if in a crazy world caillou came back and you know, has actually yeah. lived out with his potential. Then, obviously, a person like Berhalter falls down the order. Or maybe the next person I'm going to mention, who isn't even listed on the
1: the roster names, and he briefly got mentioned and then disappeared without trace again. Janiel Bikel.
0: Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah, same same thing there, right? Like he's a little bit like Caillou or um, where it's like, yeah, is he actually going to be back? Um, and if he is, is he what level is he at? Is he yeah. as good as he was before, or is he better, or is he worse? I uh, I don't know that I would
1: bring him back because I feel again you can yeah. get an improvement. He's on sh- just shy of five hundred
0: thousand. I f- I feel like he's not back. So for me, he's out because if he was going to be in, they would actually like used him down the down the stretch, but they chose to go a different way. Yeah,
1: the the next two are the no-brainers in this, so we'll rattle through it. It's Andres Kubis, Ryan Gold. Obviously, you cut both of them. But it's like, can't have good players in the team.
0: Yeah, get rid of the dross. No, yeah. uh, no. Yeah, obviously, double in. Yes.
1: I mean, the, the Paraguayan was one of those guys that... It, it, there's so many questions at the end of the season that you've got now, like, why was Martins not used earlier? Why was the back four not used earlier? Another... What if is, what would have happened if we had got Kubis at the start of the season? How much of a difference could that have made? With Ryan Gould, a question where is if he hadn't had those early injuries, just picking up another point here or there with the bad start that we had when he missed with the two concussions, how important would that have been? We would have been a playoff team, most likely. I mean, Gould, he found his form. Eight goals, nine assists. You've got to give him a better and more productive supporting cast. Because if he keeps that form up, he's going to get clubs come a-calling. He's given uh, an interview with the UK Press this week, uh, Daily Mail, which is borderline a newspaper over in England. And basically he said he's happy here, he wants to be a part of building something here and, and taking this team forward. And he won't make a decision to go back to Scotland or England or Europe just to get in the Scotland team. He's kind of, if it happens, it happens. He's kind of given up on that now. He doesn't even think about it. He wants to be where is best for him and his family. And he's loving life in Vancouver. Top form, though, is going to have interest. And if he feels, you know what, this club isn't building a a team that is going to take the step forward, maybe he does make that decision. But for now, he said he's happy that he knows for the next two years where he's going to be. And I'm happy that he's here.
0: Yeah, the ambition thing, uh, you you would have to imagine would be a, um, a concern he would have, you know. Yeah, um, it's not even just are others coming calling. It's more mm-hmm. like, am I at a place that is in line with where I want to be?
1: You know. I mean, I, I I'd be careful using the word ambition because I, I think the ambition of the club is. Sorry going again to be a playoff team. Sorry, I mean, again.
0: I am talking about the uh, kind of ambition that you were referring to. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: It's the strength of that ambition. Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Um actually going a little bit out of alphabetical order I'll throw two more names that are surely both ends for us both which is Alessandro Schopf and Pedro Viti. Although we didn't see the best of <sighs> the best of both of them. But...
0: Yeah, I mean I would like I would like to see more of Chef uh for Vancouver and see what he can do. Um Vite uh, obviously came on and did well at the end of the year. I was concerned when we had that conversation. Yeah, I was as well. His remarks were like, well, I'm trying to get in the World Cup squad or whatever, right? Like, it was just like, it, that's, I'm glad he shared the truth behind his, his performances, but it was kind of like, dude, someone's got a him not to say that because that, that was not what you want other people to hear, right? Or not what you want to be saying directly yourself because it, it, it. It makes it sound like you weren't trying hard enough or working hard enough or wanting it enough, like when that wasn't on the line. I don't, I don't know. I, I, know. I, guess it, I, I question his ambition as a player a little bit in hmm. that sense.
1: But he was good again down the stretch. So, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. That, that, there's no way that, that you're not I think want the, him because back. of what
0: they've invested in him, yeah. He's, oh, yeah. he's, he's an automatic again.
1: And Shop as well, it's tough. He joined midseason after a full season. It's one of those guys. Sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they can be a Ryan Gold. Sometimes they just can't get up to the speed that's needed. So a good off season under his belt, he's one of those guys that, like in a Champions League run, his experience and stuff should be invaluable for this team.
0: Well, surely he'll be Axel's, uh, you know, new signing. That's not a new signing, right?
1: <laughs> probably. Um, and on the bubble guy for me is Leo Obusu. Just mm. going back to what we're saying, like with Berhalter, in that I feel we can strengthen that position.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with you, but to me, for him, it's more like depending on what you're doing with other people, right?
1: Oh, he's got the ability to, to be a standout guy at, at times, and he has shown that, but his consistency isn't there. I know you can flip that and say it's hard to get consistency when you're rotated in, out of the team constantly, and I, I get that as well.
0: Yeah, but it's to me, it's more like, okay, if Bikel is gone, if Caillou is gone, if baldissimo is gone, if if maybe there's one or two other people I think should be gone or gone, then I'm more apt to say he's more in for me, you know what I mean? Mm. But, <laughs> uh, but in general... But, but
1: down the picking order a bit.
0: Yes, potentially down the picking Although order.
1: Although yeah. it feels that he was pretty far down the picking order at times this season, but he did work his way up, to be fair. Right. But of course, it's it's impossible to dislodge the last player we're going to talk about, Russell Tybert.
0: Yeah, that's one of the people I think should also him and well, the
1: cockroaches will be the last two things in the White Cats building come the, the nuclear war. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people would love Russell Tiber to to go. He's not going to go anywhere. And didn't he just sign like a, a new deal a year? Yeah, too? and his salary, no one's going to take him in, in a million years either. On that, so what I, is his
0: salary again? Remind us all.
1: It, it's actually less than I thought it was. I thought it was in the five hundred range. It's four hundred and thirty-seven. 500 he started off On just 55,000 Oh how he's grown Let's just, just wish his game had At the same kind of rates of Inflation Oh Michael It's true Let's move quickly on To the, the forwards now What an interesting selection We have here Touched on this a little bit last week Diber Caicedo I mean, he's got it to be an in. 22 years old, he had a tough year, season-ending season injury, so much potential he has for this team. 331,000 cap hit. It's good for what he can offer the team. He had five goals and seven assists in his rookie year. And I feel that him and that output was badly missed. And that's, that's what they need to get back, and they need to find a way to to get him back to that. So... I mean, for me, he's definitely in, no matter what.
0: Yeah, I think he's an in for sure. And he was one of the victims of the formation, right? Like, yeah. I think if you pay a different formation, I think you can get a lot more out of him.
1: I'll save Cava. We'll come to Kava at the end of the forwards, I think. Let's get to, to Deber's Colombian teammate, Christian Dahomey. And I, I'm seriously on the bubble with him. I think... He would have good trade value within the league because folk would look at what he's done. But he's on a hefty 815,000 salary. He's three seasons into his Whitecaps career and I still don't think we've seen what he's capable of doing in this league and he's got a lot more to offer. But I think a lot of that lies at the feet of Vanni Sartini who inexplicably, as we've talked about so much, decided to turn a 10 goal 5 assist forward from last year into a two goal four assist Frankenstein's monster of a player in 2022.
0: I wholeheartedly agree. I think this is one of the one of the frustrations of the Vanni Sartini uh for you know first full season is you took a player who had done so well in the off season told us all, "Hey, by the way, I'm switching his position for 75% of the, you know, next year he's going to be a wing back. And right away, one, it didn't make sense. Two, people who know him better than either of us told me he's not happy about it. And it just, yeah, I, I think, I, to me, he's not on the bubble, Michael. Like it, to me, you need to keep him and you need to play him more properly. Well, yeah, well, that's the
1: thing. I've got him on the bubble because if he's not going to get utilized, you've got to let him go in that salary. You've got to move him on. If you are going to fully utilise him in his proper position, yeah, you keep him. It's like I I think we said last year in our end of season shows, oh, what what Caicedo and Dahomey could do when they really link up together is going to be so exciting. <laughs> if, with Cavallini up front and white as an option as well, just never got to see it. It was if it's like Samson losing his locks. <laughs> It's like, you're really good up there. Let's get you to do something you're not very good at.
0: That's an interesting analogy. Hmm.
1: Looking at two lone players, David Egbo and Cam Habibula. Now, I was looking forward to seeing what Egbo could do in a Caps jersey this season. And I expected most of that to be with WFC too. But the decision was made that he would thrive better in a USL Championship environment. And that was Memphis 901. And unfortunately, he didn't light it up there. He only got one goal in his 18 appearances. And he just totaled 275 minutes over over the season. I think it's another draft pick that sadly hasn't worked out. And you just need to cut the the strings with him. Now, especially because he's going into an option year as well. Wish him all the very best, though, because when I had a chat with him in the curse of AFTN at the start of the year, where every single player we spoke to got moved out of the club very quickly soon after, I think that might be why we've not had interviews in the show the last few months. I think he's a great guy, he's a lot of fun, and I wish him all the very best, but he needs to find pastures new.
0: Yeah, I think you may be right. Uh, Because you can't bring him back to the first team and expect uh, much from him. But uh, for and and also for him, like you need to like you need to play more minutes than that. Yeah, you've
1: uh, also got like Simon Beecher, right, pushing, knocking on the door as well mm-hmm. and doing well, getting his goal. Arguably, Kava still thinks it's his on his MLS debut, and I think he deserves it more than Egbo, and he'll probably get the shot ahead of Egbo. I also don't think we'll see Cam Habibullah back either. I mean, loan to Pacific. The tail end of the season, watching that playoff game yesterday as well, he put in a decent performance, but he's not done what I thought he would do in that league. And to be fair, he's not done what I think Cam thought he would do in in that league as well. Yeah. The Caps need to see that he can do it at that level. And he only had 14 appearances. He only contributed one assist I think the White Caps will be fine to say, yep, let him go somewhere else, continue his development, getting regular playing time, see if he can unlock that potential. Again, another guy that could come back and play maybe Langley CPL or something. Yeah. I don't know if he will though, but
0: He he was he he was unimpressive this year at Pacific. I I, I was surprised at how how poor some of his performances were. Um, I, I, I had, yeah, I had, like you, I think I had high hopes that this would be a great stepping stone season for him, but it, it hasn't been that. So I hope, I hope maybe whatever his opportunity is next year, I hope he's able to take it more fully than he did this year. Yeah.
1: Ryan Raposo, I I know this will be seen as harsh because I've had those comments on Twitter when I meant me'd mention this, but I've got him on the bubble. And it's just because of going to what I said at the start in that I want to see this team make major advancements. And I think Ryan Raposo had a good season. He's a great kid. I love the enthusiasm that he brings. And I said in an earlier show, you can't help but root for him because he's just so passionate about the game. He lives and breathes soccer. His salary is great, 100,000. He's Canadian. Definitely bring him back. It depends on what other numbers and pieces you bring in because I think he's had a good season. I don't know that he's got a better season in him.
0: Yeah, that's one of the issues, Michael. Is can he be can he continue to raise his game yeah. to the level that it needs to be I, at? I
1: know we might only know that by bringing him back, and it's a gamble. And I, I like I probably would be 55-45 in bringing him back maybe even more if I'm not just being so grumpy still after the, the
0: defeat I also don't I know he did he played well there a bunch but I don't fancy him as a wing back at all no I think he needs to play in like a 4-2-3-1 where he's one of the wide players on either left or the right yeah um, Br- bringing him but, off the but, bench really. when he's in good form
1: is a great piece for the Whitecaps mm-hmm. but he has to now take that next step He's he took it this year to an extent I just don't know how much more he's got in him And again it all boils down to do you want to be an also ran club that's just vying for that 7th spot or do you want to take the big leaps and take the big decisions that sees you maybe becoming a top 4 club Yeah I'm with you To St. Ricketts I mean he kind of he doesn't age, you've got to bring him back he gets goals still I'm still very confused why it took so long to snap him up this off season I still don't get that. He doesn't get that. He like when we spoke to Toss, he was like, "I don't know what's happening. I don't know why they haven't haven't done this."
0: Well, did he end up signing on that like the lowest possible deal?
1: Pretty, pretty much.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I disagree with you. I don't think they bring him back. To me, it it. uh I'd rather a, a Beecher take that spot on the roster. Um To me, it it is a s it is another signal or another sign that their ambition isn't raising, it's staying the same. Um and yeah, I for me he's out.
1: I mean he's on eighty-four. And eighty-four thousand for a player that gets the goals that he's got this year.
0: Oh, I mean don't I mean, if, I, if we
1: that, could play the LA Galaxy every week as well, that would yeah, be that would that, that would help.
0: That, that's value, but I just I don't think it's yeah, I don't think it's the right fit.
1: And then the last two Brian White, Lucas Cavallini are two big name forwards. I mean, White's back. You've just extended him. And you have to hope he can have a better season than he has just had because that was not what we needed from Brian White. He's on 456,000. He did well in the Canadian Championship. Need more from him in MLS. Can he get back to the 2021 Brian White with a better support and cast around him? I hope so. I mean, he's definitely going to be back, but will we have a new strike partner? Is Kava? Is there any way that Kava comes back for you?
0: Well, first for me, for White, yeah, they're bringing him back. I, I don't. I didn't love that they signed him to a long-term deal last year or longer. They made his deal longer, or whatever. Um, because I don't. Like I said, I didn't think he was going to be able to reproduce what he did last year. He didn't, and I'm concerned of what his actual real level is because I don't think we really know it yet, right? He had he played above himself in 2021. Mm-hmm. I think he played probably be- a little, at least maybe a little bit below himself in 2022, and I think the, he's probably a, somewhere in between there, mm-hmm. uh, the two. And again, I don't think that's enough to show the ambition that you talked about earlier in the episode. So well, the real exactly. Brian
1: White please stand up?
0: Yeah. But uh, will he be partnering or substituting or being replaced by Lucas Cavallini? That is a bigger, bigger question. Now, am I wrong? Have I heard that there was... or no, you brought it up on the show. Yeah. There's rumours about Atlas, Atlas or other Mexican clubs. Yeah. So and I think, I think
1: that's a good fit for him. I think yeah, for, he's for, for him, like taking out my personal feelings as to his disciplinary record with the club... If I'm looking at it as a player, and I would if he was with a different if he's a Canadian player with another team, my advice would be get the hell out of MLS, get into a league where your your style is going to be better suited. League of MX would feel to be one of those those kind of leagues. They've got to part ways. He's going into an option year. He was a one and a half million dollar man this season. The caps, you'd imagine, are going to pick up that option because they want to get some money back, so they have to yeah. pick that up. But he needs to get out, not just of Vancouver, but MLS for me. That, that four-match suspension, obviously the final straw for me, but it's got him as a marked man in this league. He's going to get away with nothing.
0: Yeah, I think the white caps and Cava are aligned on where things are right now. I think yeah. they're going to take his option, which he'll be happy for. He they want him to go to this World Cup and raise his value. He wants that, mm-hmm. and then he, I think he'll want to move, and they'll want yeah. to move him. So I think it will all work out. Whether or not he performs well at the World Cup and increases his value is, is probably the biggest question. Well, but yeah, I think they're all. I think they're all on the same page when it comes to that. Because, but he. But also, sorry, I also say they need to replace him with uh, uh, someone who's making two to three million yeah. a year. That's an actual quality striker. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, is that actual next-level striker, I should say. Um, If you
1: look at Cavallini's return, three seasons, 18 goals, three assists. So not exactly a bust, but also when you look around some of the other DPs in this league, I'll just say Sebastian Driussi as one of them. You see what some of these DP strikers can offer a team, which is basically that in one season.
0: Well, the thing that he has in, in common with Jerusi is that he missed some pretty significant chances at BC Place. But um, <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, I agree I agree with you. Yeah.
1: So that's pretty much it for us going through the squad. I'll just end with Vanni Sartini. In, out, on the bubble. I think if he was going to be out, it would have been announced by now, since we're we're more than a week past the season. So we know he's going to be back, and I think you he does.
0: Do you say you think everyone everyone's going to be out? No, I think he's going to be back. Oh, but I thought you said every, I think, oh, Sorry. No, but
1: uh, if he was going to be out, it would, have, would have been be announced gone. by by this stage of the season. Now, Caleb Porter's available.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's a fit either. As much <laughs> as as much as I. I don't hate Caleb Porter the way a lot of people do in this area. Um, I don't think it's a fit. I don't think they would be I I don't think it would be able to afford him in one sense. Because mm-hmm. I think he'd want more money because he's won MLS Cup. Um he, wait, did he win he won two MLS Cups, right? Two different teams. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I don't think they would pay him what he would be wanting. But I think it I, would know, be, I, was half I, I think it would be an upgrade. But yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that is it for our in-out on the bubble. Let us know your thoughts. We'll try and get Steve's as well when he's back on the show. Just rattle through those. We're going to turn our attention away from the white caps now because we're going to talk about the MLS playoffs. And we'll be back with that after this. Hello, it's Kai Kumar, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
3: Breakfast in cemetery Boy tasting wild cherry Touch girl apple blossom Just a boy playing possum We'll come back for Indian summer We'll come back for Indian summer We'll come back for Indian summer, we'll for Indian summer. way. What is that cheerful sound? Rain falling on the ground We'll wear a jolly crown Buckle up, we're wayward bound We'll come back for Indian summer We'll come back for Indian summer We'll come back for Indian summer And go a separate way
1: Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for the month of October from Olympia, Washington, USA. It's Beat Happening, and that is their song, Indian Summer. It's the third track on the band's second album, Jamboree, which was released in 1988 reportedly it is one of Kurt Cobain's all-time favourite albums. Kurt, of course, from Aberdeen, that band from Olympia, not too far apart. I'm sure they cross paths many times in the music scene down in Washington State. And I, I went with that one because the Indian summer is continuing here in BC. And I don't know, does it show any sign of abating? There is rain in the forecast. It's It's just been nice to get out to VMSL games and do the whole college season in nice weather, not freezing conditions and torrential rain, but I think we are getting to the stage now we need some rain here in BC, we need to get that wet earth, we need to get all this dryness taken away, clear the forest fires, hope everyone is staying safe out there, obviously very very hazy and stuff today in Vancouver with all the forest fires round about. So just stay safe, everybody. Now, in this part, we're going to turn our attentions to the MLS playoffs. Now, I'd hoped that we're going to maybe put this show out on Monday night after all the games had been played. But as I mentioned, I want to get this out just in case the Whitecaps end up announcing their roster decisions on Monday and then everything we've discussed. And the first two parts are kind of a little bit moot. But we'll, we'll get into the four playoff games that were played this weekend and we'll start as always in the western conference and it was la galaxy one nashville nil the action got underway on saturday afternoon the galaxy hosted nashville now for me it was a bit disappointing to see that there were so many empty seats in the stand that was kind of facing the camera i i guess it's an afternoon game but it's the playoffs Surely you can you can get a full house and sell your tickets. It's a, it's a bit disappointing. I know Galaxy games can be a little bit hit or miss. I always thought that was more the midweek ones than the weekend ones. But hopefully not a sign of things that will continue. Although they might not be at home again. It wasn't a great game. If we're being totally honest. I mean the main talking points all came in a 10 minute spell really. Between the 50th and the 60th minute. Chicharito. Thought he'd given LA the lead in the 52nd minute, but it was called back after VAR rightly highlighted a a foul on MVP for the season, Nashville's Hani Mukhtar, in the build-up to the goal, just outside the Galaxy box. The Galaxy had then sparked a 4-on-2 breakaway, and it was a great quick move, it was a great finish by Chicharito, but it was also hilarious to see all those celebrations for nothing, as the referee called it back. It would have been even funnier if Nashville had managed to get the win, but Julian Narajo cracked one off the post in the 60th before moments later headed home, the only goal of the game. I was a bit disappointed in Nashville, I've got to say. They pushed hard in the closing minutes and they did nearly tie it in the last second of stoppage time, but too little, too late. Uh, They were missing head coach Gary Smith actually for this one because he had the flu, but... What this did for the Galaxy is it sets up on Thursday night a very tasty El Trafico LAFC hosting LA Galaxy. You don't want to miss that one. That is going to be an absolute cracker. Make sure you get that set to watch on TSN. The other Western Conference semifinal this weekend went all the way. It was Austin 2, RSL 2 with Austin winning it. 3-1 on penalties, and I thoroughly enjoyed this game, this was a fantastic game, a little lull here and there during it, as every game you kind of would expect to have, but I-, I couldn't help but thinking uh the start of this one, could have been the Whitecaps in Austin for this one, sadly wasn't to be of course, RSL though, they did what I wanted the Whitecaps to do in Minnesota. Last weekend. Which was really take the game to the opposition from the off. And RSL took it to to Austin. For, from kick off. It was the first playoff game in Austin's history. At home. In front of a rabid fan base. The tickets had sold out in five minutes. What could go wrong? Well the first 15 minutes. Is basically when it all went wrong for them to start with. And they ended up two goals down. Cordova. Headed Aracel ahead three minutes in and then made it two when he fired home from the spot in the 15th minute after VAR called the referee over to look at a handball in the box in Valencia. Gave him my favourite part of the game, I've got to say as well, with the old guy behind the video review booth that was in full conversation with the referee telling him it was off the shoulder, it wasn't a penalty. That was hilarious. I really, really enjoyed that one. He, he was my star of the game, I've got to say. After that initial shock though, Austin recovered and they pulled one back from their their main man, the talismanic Sebastian Driussi, headed home in the 31st, lovely glancing header as well. Then the 53rd minute I guess is the, the big game changer as Rubio Rubin chases down a through ball, slides in on Austin keeper Brad Stuver, studs her up, he goes into Stuver, gets a yellow card, No doubt about it in my mind. It was a a yellow card. Unfortunately for him. He'd been booked in the first half. Which I do have to say. I do not think was a yellow card. I think it was a very harsh yellow. But a second yellow. And after only having one yellow card. In the whole season. Two in this game. He sent off. First sending off in his career. An RSL. A down a man. With 37 minutes to go. And you knew. Austin would throw the kitchen sink at them, and they did. They pushed. RSL bent, but they weren't breaking. Austin had so many chances, and it looked like they weren't going to do it. And then two minutes into stoppage time, they got a penalty for their own for a handball, which I also think was a bit of a harsh call on Scott Caldwell. He, He knew nothing about it. It's just... His body was turning. I think it's hard to say that that left hand was in a natural, unnatural position. Just because it happened so quick and he was turning. But nothing to, to overrule it. It was a penalty. Driussi steps up. Sends Zach McMath the wrong way. And the Texans. Now the favourites as extra time came. And again Austin. Constant pressure from them in this. Now one thing I want to say that I think is ridiculous. Is there was no additional subs allowed in extra time. MLS. Shunning what happens all over the world in, in cup competitions or whatever. The game goes to extra time. You get an additional sub. Not in Major League Soccer. Players were dead on their feet in that heat. And I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. Players should be allowed an extra sub for, for half-time. But Austin just threw everything at RSL. Drewsy had the ball in the net twice an extra time. Both times. Ruled out one for it, him controlling it with his hand. One for a player being offside in the build-up play. McMath had a, a huge save as well. Driussi had a header that came off the post. It was an absolutely fantastic 30 minutes of action. RSL were getting blasted by Hurricane Austin, but they managed to survive. I and mean, they, they took the game to penalties. They had a chance of their own as well when Andrew Brody was in and goal and just pulled it wide. But went to penalties... Austin got the job done after RSL missed their second, third and fourth penalties and the the last one was an absolute shocker. I'll tell you how shocking this was. My wife was in the room watching it and she's no interest in football as I've mentioned many times. She burst out laughing when she saw it. That's how bad that penalty was. It was a good conversion for rugby but yay. Shame for RSL, underdogs but I'm pleased for Austin. They've been a fun team to watch this year and that crowd, it was absolutely bouncing. I've got to get down to a game in Austin. Just tremendous stuff. They will now face the winner of Monday night's game between Dallas and Minnesota. So we could have an all LA semifinal and we could have an all Texas semifinal and that is just going to be two fantastic games if that's how it plays out. In the East... The playoff action had got underway early on Saturday and it was the first shock of the playoffs as Red Bulls went down at home 2-1 to Cincinnati. Red Bulls blew this one. Goalless at the half, they went 1-0 up through a stunning Lewis Morgan strike in the 49th minute and seriously, how Steve Clark does not look at Lewis Morgan to get in the Scotland team right now baffles me. And I, I said this before when he was playing down in Florida that... The Whitecaps should try and burst the bank to bring Lewis Morgan to Vancouver. Him and Gold linking up would be absolutely fantastic, and I feel it would be worth every penny. It would maybe be a bumper trade, maybe one of the biggest trades in MLS history, but I think it would be worth it. This strike was tremendous from the Scot, and I'm not just saying that because he's a Scot, it was a great goal. And the Red Bulls were coasting, but they gave away a stupid penalty, a costified home in the 74 to tie things up and then 4 minutes from time quick break from Cincinnati lovely move as well brandon vasquez finishes it off cincinnati in dreamland heading now to take on philadelphia on thursday and oh boy the red bulls they do so much right as an organization What they do in bringing their academy players through, and they've had Red Bulls 2, they've had Red Bulls 3, their academy's been strong in the academy playoffs over the years. Everything's so good at that club, but for whatever reason, they just mess it up time and again in the playoffs, and this was another sad example of that for them. The other game, which has just finished as we're recording this as well, and well done, See if Montreal. 2-0 winners over Orlando. Well deserved. Orlando had their chances in a very fiery game at times as well. I really enjoyed this one. Some really hard crunching tackles as we were just talking about there. 2-0 win for Montreal. Ishmael Coney puts them up and running in the 68th minute. Jordi Mihailovic. Nine minutes into stoppage time from the spot. Makes it 2-0. Very well deserved and next Sunday they are going to be hosting the winners of New York City FC and Miami FC that goes on Monday night. That should be a a good game as well. It's been a really good set of playoffs so far. I've really enjoyed it. Love it. I've, I've spoken before when I first came over here, not a big fan of the playoff system. Still, I think there's a lot of things wrong with it but you can't knock the excitement. It's great that all the games as well are on TSN. Last chance we're going to get to see that on our normal TV screens before the Apple deal next year. Looking forward to this playoff run. I feel it's very much up for grabs in the East. And who knows in the West because when it's an LA derby, that kind of takes LAFC's advantage down a little bit. But all we know is there's some great football ahead. Make sure you catch it. But that is it for our MLS chat. So we've still got time for this week's wavelength. And I'm going back to our old favourites, Armchair Loyal. I've been working my way through their 2021 album, All You Need Is In Love, which you can get on Bandcamp, .bandcamp armchairloyal.bandcamp.com. It's an album all filled with football songs. We've played you a few so far over the last few months. This is a song about a former West Brom Wolves and Hearts player amongst many other teams. He's a hard man, and I like a hard man, like Spider-Ramsey or Billy Bremner or Andrews Kubis. This is their song, Terry Cannon, Midfield Hardman.
3: brow checks, roll down socks, shirt untucked and two-footed challenges, twisted nose, dodgy knees under bandages, kiss the badge, wear the armband, a feature on football focus for grandstand, yellow cards, red cards, free game bands, loved by the fans and the hooligans. He's the tough nut animal, veteran enforcer, messiah from Birmingham who walks on water, when he goes into battle, shows his studs in a two footed tackle. He's the tough nut animal, veteran enforcer, Messiah from Birmingham who walks on water. Leads with the elbow when he goes into battle, shows his studs in a two footed tackle. October 94, Shoot Magazine, a regular feature on page 20, introducing Terry General from White House Common. Previous clubs, West Bromwich Albion. Wolverhampton Wanderers and Artemelovian. Married? To my first love, Sharon. Kids? Twins, Aaron and Baron. Pets? A boxer named Bruno. Car? BMW, McKisma. Favorite film? Taxi driver. Favorite singer? The lovely Bonnie Tyler Influences Me Mum, Dad and God Regrets Not making the England squad Favourite food My wife's fish pie Who most like to meet Princess Di He's the Tough Nut Animal Veteran Enforcer Masaya from Birmingham who walks on water Leads with the elbow when he goes into battle Shows his studs in a two-footed tackle He's the Tough Nut Animal Veteran Enforcer Masaya from Birmingham who walks on water Leads with the elbow when he goes into battle Shows his studs in a two-footed tackle West Brom Wolves and Hearts For his beloved Brom 87 starts Swindon Plymouth, Coventry, Mansfield, Oldham, Notts County, over 700 first team appearances and over 20 red card offences. Divorced, remarried, divorced, now the landlord of the white horse. He's the tough nut animal, veteran enforcer, Messiah from Birmingham who walks on water, leads with the elbow when he goes into battle. Shows his studs in a two-footed tackle He's the tough nut animal, veteran enforcer Messiah from Birmingham who walks on quarter Leads with the elbow when he goes into battle Shows his studs in a two-footed tackle
1: Armchair Loyal there, Terry Buchanan, midfield hardman. Check them out on Bandcamp, Armchair Loyal. We're going to be turning our attentions back to Canada, the domestic scene here, the CPL, little bit chat about youth soccer as well, and we'll be back with all of
3: that after this. Hi, I'm Ollie Bassett, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Stop.
1: Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part from 2006, Canadian rock band Billy Talent. I play this semi-regularly when it's the fall, which apparently it is, although the weather outside might say otherwise. That was Fallen Leaves, a single taken from their second album, Billy Talent 2, reached number 22, in the Canadian charts, and number two on the Canadian Rock chart. So a lot of twos there. But I wanted to kick this off with a Canadian artist because we're talking Canadian soccer that isn't MLS in this part. We're going to kick things off by talking Canadian Premier League in a little playoff roundup. Because both semi-final first legs took place on Saturday, and this year the semi-finals are both two-legged home-and-away affairs, and it was two interesting games. The next weekend is the second leg with then, depending who ends up coming through that, the final will either be on October 29th or October the 30th. No away goals rule in effect. I was hoping for a Cavalry Pacific final. That would have been played at Spruce Meadows on Saturday the 29th. Don't know that we're going to get that now, barring a bit of a dramatic turnaround from Pacific FC. Cavalry could still be in with a shout, but they would not be hosting if Pacific don't get through either. First up, let's talk about Cavalry semi-final. It was third place Cavalry hosting Old Foes Forge. Not a classic, but it got a bit fiery towards the end, as you would fully expect between these two teams. It finished 1-1. Both goals come in either side of half time. Cavalry took the lead through a fantastic Dan Klomp header three minutes before the break. But Wubin's Passius brought fours level two minutes into the second half with a header of his own. That gave the Ontario side the slight advantage for me heading into the second leg because they're going to be at home in Hamilton n- next weekend. Don't write Cavalry off yet, though, Zach.
0: Ever? Yeah, come right off to a Tommy Wilden
1: Jr. side. No, he no, feels I, the pressure's I, all on Forge. He's playing the psychological games immediately after the final whistle well, yesterday.
0: Well, with no way goals, it is mm. right. Like uh, with the way goals rule, they'd be behind the eight ball. But it's, it's 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 all to play for. It's all level. So, um, yeah, I, I was really, I was really excited when they took the lead in that game. I know it was kind of brief, li- brief lived, but um, yeah, I was, I was excited. I really liked them to beat Forge. Yeah. It's like their bogey team, right? It's like the team that can never beat in the big the biggest of games.
1: Yeah, they can beat them in regular season stuff, but yeah, when it comes to that, they just can't. And Pacific FC, they hosted Ugh. their final home game of 2022 against regular season champs, Atletico, Ottawa. James Merriman said going into this that they know how to handle two legged ties. Basically saying the pressure was on Ottawa because they're not used to that situation. Well, they're going to have to show that they know how to handle that now because they're going into the second leg somehow 2-0 down. Um, much better game than the first one, but yeah. oh boy. I don't know how they let that one get away from them. But but in, in saying that, before you say anything, I've got to give full credit to Ottawa, who played a perfect
0: smash and grab game. Yeah, like they weren't great, but they got the big result. Um, yeah, very frustrating for Pacific. Couldn't, didn't take their chances uh, And Bustos He led the
1: way in the second half He's not had a great season uh, It's no. not been the Marco Bustos That we know he can do But he cracked one off the post and. Yeah and they had the penalty shot Or at least yeah. one penalty
0: shot right Yep. Was that on Cam
1: uh, Yeah Cam went down the box yeah. You thought it was I don't think it was I think Cam was on his way down Before the player got anywhere near him yeah, I I still would have liked this. I team. think if I'd gone to VAR, it wouldn't have been a clear and obvious. So I don't. Think they don't have been... VAR, and no. and
0: Michael, at this point, um, I feel they need to because
1: yeah. the referee in this one has got previous history as well with Pacific, and he he didn't have a great game.
0: No, uh, I feel really bad for Calum Irving on that opening goal. Yeah, which is a bad, bad decision. Come early. Uh, but Valu- Lou
1: Tabla, though took it well. Chips
0: them or lobs him. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and then, then Zach Verhoeven, Verhoeven comes back
1: to haunt his old team and um, it, was not, not, it was a deflection it was a deflection but not showing any loyalty and not celebrating run over to the fans with hey
0: <laughs> yeah well yeah I mean his time at Pacific wasn't super successful right no. like he made a bit of a breakthrough but not enough to be kept around and no. we, yeah of course but, um, it's
1: like Orly Bassett and he's yep. come back to, to haunt them as well and he was getting into it a little bit with with some of the players. He's the kind of guy you want. To, you you yeah. need a guy like that in your team.
0: Yeah, you look like a team full of all the bastards. Oh, I,
1: I do. Uh, I, I like a hard man, but we'll we'll get to that when we come to Wavelength. But uh, I mean, o, o, it's oh. definitely Advantage Ottawa. It's going to take something spectacular for Pacific to turn this around, but fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, I really hope they can. Um.
1: The Nightmare is uh, an all-eastern Final,
0: yeah. yeah. One that soccer would... will be so all over that. Oh yeah, let's talk about the most annoying part of the yeah. Play. So you saw, you saw. i Did you know when I sent that? Ma- oh, I sent them. Yeah, I. would left
1: it. as soon as the final was because right. I had to get up to UBC. So I was just.
0: I think I just said to you and steve in our chat, like, because I'm not a, I'm, a, I'm not a big fan of Gareth Wheeler to begin with. Really? So let's, let's just be. <laughs> I got. I like I said before on the show. I used to enjoy like him. Like you'd be on the radio for World Cup stuff, and you'd be like. You know, between the halves, like whatever, doing stuff from you know from Toronto, and I thought, oh, he's fine, and he does TFC stuff, sure, whatever. Uh, and now, if I don't know, it felt like after this game, it was like he was like trying to play up the heel or play up the. You know i think troll, he does that troll. a lot because he yeah. knows
1: it gets reaction and that it's yeah. like they, they need that they need that interaction and,
0: basically. And, and so i messaged you guys like i said i basically said he's he's a giant wanker right yeah and then i don't know did you Which see, is so uncharacteristic for you to say something like that yeah yeah I, yeah but but he was but he was being that's exactly what he was being um uh which might be the harshest thing i said <laughs> i've ever said on a podcast. <laughs> um you have to mark this one um but uh no but then i saw on twitter today like when i opened twitter oh, today i saw, saw do you see chris no chris, chris corrigan no <laughs> oh yeah he was having a go he was he was not not impressed and he was i mean and rightly so he was like, you know, I hope Merriman takes this and puts it up on the, you know, puts a video clip up for all the players to see and stuff. Because basically, he was just. I, did you see the clip? Have I, I haven't the, even seen it. No, because I had to oh, leave it right away. The game, the games ended, and he's just like, I told you all, this is how it was going to play out, and he was like, it's over, it's duh. It was like it was like watching one of your wrestling shows uh, when I was a kid or something. And so, like, yeah, it, but it, uh, Chris Corgan was not not impressed, <laughs> which oh, I don't blame. Check him. that out. It,
1: it's okay, thankfully Chris hasn't got that he writes for AFTN in his blurb anymore because he's been too busy, so he temporarily took that out, so it won't get linked back to us. Oh, there you go. But yeah, it, I mean, I think Ottawa probably are in the final, and I just, I just, for the sake of my enjoyment of watching it, I, I hope Tommy can turn it around for Cavalry. At least if Ottawa are hosting, it's going to be on the Sunday, so I'll be able to watch it live, because on the Saturday I'm going to be commentating up at UBC in the... Playoff quarterfinals. So it, it,
0: it would it, it would be head to head with MLS Cup final then. If it's on the No,
1: uh, MLS is November fifth, which oh. I had hoped, whatever that it... was going to be, I was hopefully going to go to that. Hmm. But it now looks because again going back to college football, you... <laughs> it looks like UBC is going to be hosting the Canada West Final Four that weekend, so I'm not going to be able to get to the final.
0: Do you want me to? Do you want me to read what Chris said? Okay, yeah, he's having a bit of a rant here. Oh, uh, well, I'm not gonna read it because uh, holistic. <laughs> um, he references um, uh, my favorite person to start off with, Jesus, um, and, and then he he ats Garrett Wheeler, uh, and he says is a straight um, effing a hole. Oh, I can't believe you just did that on t- on live TV. The man, it is an irredeemable uh, male genitalia sort it out one soccer <laughs> it's it's a it's a blank embarrassment
1: see that's Ser- not like Chris either to I'm, use language
0: like that well it, it was pretty like I, I was pretty bad then then he, he goes on to say seriously James Merriman needs to show that clip in the locker room that's bulletin board stuff from one soccer's pride and joy and here's my last word on this because this is just stupid check out the post game show they put up on YouTube the show starts after reallyler does his thing they cut his comment Mm. oh then he says he he calls for a close oh yeah he did this is true he calls for a close-up from a camera and then shouts in into it that the season is 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 over and ottawa will lift the shield at home yes he's always like this but the level of disrespect he just pissed all over the defending champions was shocking even for him Ooh. Yeah, or I think, I, think that, I
1: might have to jump on James Merriman's call this weekend yeah. ask him I'm, about
0: that. I'm surprised he, they they cut it from the clip. Because yeah, he that was the one thing. It was so like WWE or AEW whatever thing that you watch AEW mm. um where he yeah, he did He just said, "Okay, I want this camera on me now." And he did this whole whole little spiel. But it was it was very it 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 was it was a little bit um it was a little bit disrespectful, and I don't care. I don't like this media game where, like, you know, like Alexi Laos would say, like, "Oh, like I'm yeah. playing like a character, like I'm trying to get reaction and ratings and whatever." I, I don't. That that's uh, that's not the that's not what I want to see. And people who are covering the football league I care about, like the CPL. I want oh. people who are genuine and quality. And when they they're expressing their views passionately because they've got something right or they got something wrong or they think something needs to be said, that's fine. But this was not that. It was. Well, when it was you speak very to
1: players different. and coaches around the league as well, they've no time for some of these people either. Yeah. Let's continue our CPL chat with nicer CPL chat because the award nominees. The first two were announced um, on the back of Pacific's Alejandro Diaz winning the Golden Boot with thirteen goals <laughs> in eighteen games. Yeah. Which is crazy since he left on August the tenth. York's Dero Jr. finished second with 12. Now, I, I mean, that in itself is part of the reason that Pacific have struggled because they've mm-hmm. not replaced
0: Diaz and they haven't it's, got that number nine. Well, Daniels is has been good, but not consistent enough. I, I kind of like yeah. Daniels, having seen him played in person and then watched him a, a, a little bit on One Soccer and stuff. Like, uh, I think going into next year, obviously they'll want to add more, but I, I think that he can be like... Top goaler, top goal scorer type material in in, in the league. I mean, they lost Diaz and then they lost Campbell in the off season. So that's
1: two big offensive pieces. But the first two nominees, goalkeeper of the year, the three nominees, Callum Irvin from Pacific, Marco Carducci from Cavalry, Nathan Ingham from Ottawa. Who would you pick out of those three?
0: Well, I think Ing- Ingham's going to get a show because his team did so well.
1: Yeah. Well, he uh, led the league in saves, but he was tied with Irvin on 63, and he had eight clean sheets. And he let in one goal or less in 21 of the 28 matches.
0: How, how many goals this season did he let in from half? Because that used to be his, that used to be his <laughs> <Yes>. thing. <laughs> yeah, he hit. I, I don't know what what was up
1: with that, but yeah, he seems to have got over that now. But I, I think he does deserve it. He has had a good season. I yeah. I wasn't a big fan of his. I didn't really rate him that no. highly. But no, he's proved me wrong.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I me. don't want him to win it. I think he'll win it. Obviously, I have a strong personal ties to those other two gentlemen, yeah. and I'd much rather see one of them win. But I think. Well, I mean uh Carducci with the overcoming you know testicular cancer story is is massive um well oh, yeah. But, but this is obviously a playing award and how you perform and that's what it's it playing it's on, just but... regular season as well so it's not even yeah. like playoff stuff yeah
1: uh, the young player of the year nominees were Sean Rea from Valor Passi is from Forge and Osas de Rosario from York
0: hard to see it not going to Young the... Dero yeah, did you see his brother? His brother's a goalie and played for, was it Halifax? Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I think d will win. He that
1: got win. 12 goals, and he contributed on 48% of all of York's goals.
0: Yeah, Martin Nash really must be getting him like a, a nice Christmas gift this year. But in saying that, his form was
1: patchy. He started strong, and then it was a bit up and down, but he did co-lead the league with 10 non-penalty goals.
0: Yeah, but also, I think there were, we, you saw a glimpse of, of how Nash had to use him in different roles this year when they played the Whitecaps at BC Place in the Voyagers Cup, where he didn't play up top. He had to play out wide. He had to play a different role. He had to do different things. I think that it, it impacted his his goal scoring. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I, I hmm. Patchy, but... Like you said, second overall in the league with twelve goals in this league—that's massively that's impressive. Yeah.
1: Next week, the last three awards will get announced. We'll get ahead of it. Defender of
0: the Year, who jumps out at you for that? Well, I don't think—I don't I, I mean the, the sentimental. The choice for me is uh, is Drew Becky, but I don't think he'll—he might not even be up for, be up for it. I don't know. I can't remember how many minutes. Mm. In I, I like Dan Klomp at Cavalry. And not yeah. just, just
1: before his goal yesterday. No, I no, no this, yeah, yeah. It's oh, no, like he's, he's had, he's had been a great standout.
0: season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? See, I've watched mostly Pacific.
1: Yeah, that's the problem. I haven't watched a lot of the Eastern teams. <laughs> Sorry, Pacific and Edmonton for some reason. No, no Edmonton players stand out in uh, Defender of the Year for you?
0: Not so much. I mean, like, I mean, Alan Koch for, like, defending the pride of Edmonton, I guess. <laughs> Well, see, for Coach of the Year is one of the other nominees, and it's pretty obvious
1: that it's going to end up going to Carlos Gonzalez Suarez at Ottawa, I think. Yeah. But Alan Coach deserves a nod. I, what I think he's it would done be done this year for Edmonton.
0: Yeah. It would be interesting if they actually did something like that.
1: And Phil Desantis as well had a good yeah. go of it with with Valor as well. So I mean, but I mean, it's got to be Suarez uh, at Ottawa. You can't can't really see
0: past it, him. You, can we just, while we're talking about coaches, can we have a moment of silence for Stephen oh, Hart? Oh,
1: yes, Stephen Hart. I'm sad
0: about that. I am too,
1: but I think it's the right decision. I think it was the right time for him to move
0: on. Yeah, oh, it probably the right decision, yeah. I just, you'd hope that, I mean, it's hard because, like, they made the final of the Island game. Yeah. You know, like, they made a final. Um but so then like they didn't do anything, but, They yeah. didn't do anything the last two
1: seasons. And yeah. I think to take that step forward that we've been talking about for the Whitecaps, it needs this change and whoever gets it is going into a market that's got great support.
0: Yeah, amazing. Great
1: community involvement. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a fantastic club, and there's two vacancies now, obviously, because there's this one and the one out in Langley as well. And you wonder could yeah. there be some coaches moving around within the league? Or... I think
0: the the one the one for Vancouver 2023 is less vacant than we than we probably. Think. Oh,
1: probably. Or... Yeah, I'm pretty sure but, Rob's but, already yeah. got somebody lined up for that. Um, The last award player of the season, and again, it was tough because I haven't watched all the teams all the time, and it's been mostly specific teams, but the one name that I kept coming back to was Ollie Bassett from Ottawa. Mm. I just think he's been outstanding for them.
0: Well, doesn't it have to be um, Kyle Kyle Becker? Oh, yeah, it probably will be. (laughs) He
1: could just play one game or come in as a sub in one game and he'd get it. <laughs> but I, I think it's going to go somewhere at like Ottawa and Ollie Bassett. I yeah. looked at the roster and I was like, is there anyone else that I can think of really stood out? Well, like, Bassett the, had eight goals this the, year as well. The right?
0: ginger hair makes him stand out for you even more, right? Very
1: true. So that's at the end of our CPL chat. It's nearly the, the end of the show, kind of. You'll be looking at how long left in this in your play and you'll be like, what, there's still tons to come. Yes, because I've got an interview coming up. Because this last weekend, Thanksgiving weekend, the week leading up to it, it was at under 17 nationals, boys and girls at Newton Athletic Park in Surrey. And it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I did commentary for nine games over the, the six days. I worked out at the end of my game last night. I'd done 11 games in 11 days which is a lot. Some of them were multiple games in a day, but really enjoyed it. A lot of great young talent across Canada. The the two standout teams were the Quebec teams in the boys and the girls section. When I was doing the commentary, by the way, Zach, they had given me, a bit, oh, this is what we're going to read out in the pitch. If you want to do any of this in the commentary for the final, feel free to read this about sponsors and stuff. And it was in English and French. And I said, oh, I don't really speak French. Do you want me to, to do that? And they're like, oh, you could give it a try. So then I read out a bit, and the girls like, yeah, just just stick (laughs) to English. My nightmare was that the Quebec teams would do well for my pronunciation, and they both got to the final, of course. And I did, I think, of the nine games, five, maybe six of them were the Quebec teams.
0: (laughs) I'm uh I'm rediscovering my French as I I take it through my grade six daughter and grade nine son. Oh, I I did
1: German at school, and I I said before my oral let me down, as Caitlin regularly tells me. But anyway, we'll quickly move on. The talent that's coming through Quebec soccer just now is phenomenal. On the girls' side, the winning side was uh, Union Lenoir Sud, and they were the class act of this tournament. Lot of great talent that's already committed to colleges. For next fall, and the boys' side C.S. Saint Laurent, who are celebrating their 40th anniversary year, and to do that, they launched a team in the PLSQ, which will be mm. League One Quebec next year. And in their inaugural season, they just missed the championship by four points, mm. and a place in the the Canadian Championship would be absolutely fantastic. But the head coach of that team is Maxwell Arhin, and I mentioned at the start that he's been with this group for years. Since we were, like, I think 2013 altogether, he's been with his group as assistant and then taken over as head coach at under-13s onwards. And he's brought through a lot of talent, including Ishmael Coney. So I had a little chat with him, just about the, the win of these under-17 nationals and also just the rise in Quebec soccer just now. And, of course, had to talk to him as well about Ishmael Coney. Here's Maxwell Arheen. So Maxwell, absolutely fantastic week that you've had here at the nationals. Undefeated season as well. Yes, sir. First
2: gold medal for the club. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling so great because it was something that I promised them since 2013. It's actually my fifth time coming here. We start with the two um, the 2000 um, generation, and then we went with the 2001 generation, and then 2002 generation, 2004 generation. Um, so with these guys, uh, it was it, it's extremely. I'm so happy because uh, we we've done twice uh, second place, mm-hmm. twice third place. So I wanted to be the first team to have a gold medal for the club and I'm so happy that we did it.
1: Well, you've done an 40th anniversary year for the club as well. I mean, absolutely, <laughs> everything just fell into place for you. But your team this week played some absolutely fantastic stuff. Sir. There's a lot of good talent in this team. There is. Quebec soccer just now is just doing so well, the under-15s, one by Quebec, the two exactly. under-17s here, CF Montreal doing well yeah, in MLS, Exactly. what do you put all that down to, what, what's brought through this talent, I know there's there's a lot of like immigrant talent that's coming through in Montreal, is it just now that they're kind of reaching
2: the age and it's people that's come from footballing countries? Actually I think that uh, the, the, the kids now see hope in soccer in Quebec, um, because uh, before that they were looking and they were not seeing anybody from Canada making it, yes. and then all of a sudden we hear of Alfonso Davis go, um, going that younger, and then there's the other Davis going that younger. So the kids started to feel like, oh, okay, they they can see it. Actually, our boys were talking about that um, the World Cup being in Canada next, mm. so they f- and also Canada making up the the World Cup for, for the first time. Yes. They feel like it has brought light on Canada. Quebec has always had the talent It's yeah. just that You know Like speaking to me I play Quebec so I play Canada U17 It's just that We didn't know We didn't have hope Of going high But these kids uh, With social media they, c- they can post Their own um, videos And stuff So they feel like They can make it So now everybody's Stepping up That's well, what I think It's making you've it
1: You've got a week's Worth of coverage To show how good <laughs> Your team is as well I mean the, the future For some of these guys Looks so bright Yes. I, I don't want to Single too many out But I have to talk About Marinaro up front 36 goals in the
2: regular season 4 goals in this tournament he's outstanding I'm telling you, this kid uh, and if I'm going to be honest beginning of the season, because we had our goal scorer last year um, Lee Alexander so after 3 games, CF Montreal took him mm. so then we turned to Marco uh, uh, to Marco, We're like, Marco you have no choice, Marco it's up to you, now you're the lone striker you got to wake up and he's like, coach, I promise you I want to have the golden boot by the end of the season. I'm like Marco, you said it. We're gonna work hard for it, and the kid has been doing it since. He has been. He's a hard worker. Uh, you cannot take anything from him. That was the one thing he wanted. He like coach, I promise you, I'm gonna get you the golden medal and uh, uh, the golden boot. And he went for it. Uh, yeah. Can't say much about it. Fantastic. The kid is a. Uh, it's a. He's a hard worker.
1: What? What's? Is he looking to move on? Like, what kind of relationship do you have with CF Montreal? We
2: we do have a good relationship with CF Montreal because actually. We also lost another player, a U16 player, like a week before uh, coming up here. Yeah. Uh, so oh. we we'll be yes, uh, Mark Alexandra happy. He's a U16. So in my team, even though it's 205, we brought seven players from 206. We've been doing that every year. When we come in, we like to have the kids to also have experience. Because yeah. next year is their turn, the two hundred six, to try to also win it at U seventeen. So we do have a good relationship with CF Montreal because there's a lot of players that went through them. Um, this year from U fourteen, we have almost about ten players there. So we are. But for Marco, I know uh, he wants to play high. My um, if I uh, the last time I spoke with his father, they're trying to see something in Europe. Mm. Um, so actually. This was the last, maybe the last game that we're going to have with him because uh, apparently his father wants to send him to Europe. Uh, that's what I'm talking So Just two last things quickly. Yes, sir.
1: You brought Ishmael Coney, obviously, through your team as well. I mean, what's it like as a coach
2: to see a guy that you've had from such a young age that it's a breakout star, everyone's talking about him. It feels great. Um, actually, like you know, Quebec, I mean, the club is an amateur club, so there's nothing that we're looking for in terms of financially. Yeah. So the only thing we're looking for, like I always tell Kone, I just want people, I just want to watch the TV and be like, oh, I had the chance yeah. to coach him. So I've always told him. And uh, one of the reasons why the guys were pumped today, surprisingly, Ishmael Kone did a video with St. Lawrence shirt this morning and send it to us encouraging the boys. Oh, he had his wow. he had his second, uh, he has a, uh, his medal with him. So the boys were so happy before the game. So yeah, I mean, we love it. Like I keep telling these guys, we want nothing from them. All I want as a yeah. coach is to look in the TV and be like, oh, I coached this guy. Because uh, at the hotel, a lot of the kids here are like, oh, who, who, and all I had to do was take a picture that, oh, I coached him. And I, I feel great just for that. Yeah, yeah. just that. Last thing, the team spirit that
1: you've got, you saw it, the way the goal celebrations at the end of the games, the little dances and stuff that we're doing, you've instilled a really good thing. Does that just come naturally to actually teach you as a coach? What, are you happy at this level? Do you have coaching ambitions for elsewhere?
2: For this team, I had this team since 2013. Yeah, so I'm um, thinking you've taken yeah. them now. I mean, actually, I had yeah, we had to do some adjustment, but this year, this team... They made me believe in them. I never doubted them. I had that with the previous ones because there were some elements. But this group are so amazing. They're very respectful between them. They plan together. You will not see clicks. I used to. They, we used to have clicks between the team, but this year there was no clicks, So I saw it from them. My ambition as a coach, honestly speaking, um, it's something that I mean many people say. Because I'm gonna give. Uh, I'm gonna give thanks to my big brother Kwame, who is my assistant we've been together Uh, i've been his assistant and this is my assistant he's the one that forced me in coaching Ah. as a good player that i was i always told myself that it's not because you're a good player you become a good coach but he took me under his wing because he had the 2000, the 2000 generation. And he's like, come and help me. Just be as an assistant. Yeah. And then after three years, he's like, Maxwell, go get your D.P., go get your lances and all this stuff. I didn't want to, but he pushed me until now. Honestly speaking, I didn't want to take this team that I had uh, when they were 13. But it's like, no, Maxwell, you take them And then, so I really want to give thanks to him. And we'll see from now going, um, if uh, eventually, I know the club wants me to go higher in my licenses. Because
1: I know you're in Uh, uh, PLS. Exactly,
2: exactly. So they want me um, now, they're pushing us to get higher. And you never know. You never know where, I mean, this coaching stuff will lead us to. But I'm very, very proud with uh, with this little team that we're doing here. It's
1: been a pleasure watching your side this week. Huge huge
2: congratulations. You
1: totally deserve this. Thank you so much. All the very
2: best. Thank Thank you you so so much.
1: Maxwell Arheen there, head coach of CS San laurent Under-17, the U17 Canada Soccer Boys National Champions. But that is it for this episode of the show. Just before we go, Zach, any final thoughts from you? Anything you learned this week? Any goodbyes?
0: Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter, at zacharyam. Uh, very occasionally tweeting. I want to give a shout-out. I might get this wrong, so I might have to correct this on the next episode, but The same week and weekend that you were doing the um, U-17 uh, championships in uh, Surrey, the U-15 championships were taking place in, I want to say, Quebec. Oh, P.I. Was it P.I.? In Charlottetown, yeah. Okay. Uh, And I want to give a shout out to uh, Fusion Football Club. Uh, I got to... uh, I know one of the dads of one of the the players on the the girls' uh, U-15 team. Um, And so... He was there and i got to uh he, he sent me the link to the the, the the same thing that you were doing the live stream or whatever although i don't think there was commentary on this one it was just the feed. probably
1: not it's only the they i mean getting classy commentators is tough to get yeah if someone was to fly mm-hmm. me to pei i'll happily go and move there
0: but it was really fun to, to watch uh well, multitask while i was working or doing other things because I could hear hear my friend commentating on the game or chanting (laughs) or singing, supporting his daughter and and their team. And so, yeah, shout-out to them. I think they, if I I got it right, if I'm I'm getting this all right, I think they came fifth in the nation. So uh, a shout-out to the uh, Fusion FC U15 2007 girls who finished fifth in Canada. Excellent. There's a really
1: good turnout at Surrey for this as well. And I've got to say, Surrey FC put on a, a great tournament as well. It'll be back at Newton in 2024. It'll be the senior nationals. It'll be the, the challenge trophy. So get out to that one. I'm Michael McCall. You can give me a follow on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. And to give us a like, subscribe, turn on notifications, ring my bell on YouTube.com backslash AFT in Canada. We will be back with another episode soon. We'll be kicking off our end-of-season Whitecaps awards, maybe bring you a couple of interviews as well. We'll see how things go, and we'll round up the latest around MLS and the CPL. Until then, as always, thanks for listening. Take care, and mourn the caps.